This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online uh, on our website, which is depetro.com. Now, also, when you're on the website, depetro.com, you're also going to see uh, we have a lot of unique original stories. We have stories and video that you can't find anywhere else. And this also... There's no shortage of uh, different things that are happening in, in news, and it's incredible what police have to deal with. Um, especially, I saw the story, I want to call out the Winsaka Call. The Winsaka Call had this, um, I'd say it's unusual, rather unusual story. Individual identifying as a woman arrested after brawl with police. Our friend Russ Olivo does a fantastic job for years he has when an individual who described herself i'm reading right out of the one soccer call described herself as a transgender woman walked into luke's bar in fairmont with a hairless pet rat on her shoulder monday afternoon police showed up matters were resolved without much fuss but things got much more complicated a few hours later police found Brittany jones still clutching a cuddly rodent laying sprawled on a patch of grass outside of Kentucky Fried Chicken. This time, police say, Jones was clearly intoxicated, became combative when informed they intend to take her to the hospital for observation. During a fracas that ensued, she allegedly assaulted two police officers, exposed her breast in <clears throat> private area, penis to them, and threatened to kill at least one of them by squashing his neck between her thighs <laughs> these are the types of things that police have to deal with so never been arrested before charged two counts simple assault resisting arrest disorderly conduct according to the police report employees of luke's bar river street instructed jones leave the premises with a rat four o'clock telling her improper to have the animal in a bar where food and beverages are served jones protested claimed the rat was, quote, a service animal. She was being discriminated against because she's transgender. Police spoke to a number of patrons, told them Jones had become agitated, confrontational, when they asked to remove the furless four-legger from the premises. Eventually, Jones backed down and left without further incident. At 9.20, police were summoned to KFC, located right opposite the police headquarters. Saw members of the Woodsocket Fire Department standing over Jones, she lay in a strip of greenery adjacent to the parking lot. They were saying needed to go to the hospital, but she was refusing to move, didn't want anyone to separate her from her pet rat. Jones kept taking the rat, placing it underneath her shirt on her breast to prevent the Socket Fire Department from removing the rat from her. They retrieved a container to place the rat inside of. However, Jones refused to cooperate. Around this time, Jones allegedly began tugging on her shirt to expose her breasts while making obscene comments. She also began pulling down her jeans, exposing her male genitalia about the grounds of the fried chicken restaurant, which was open for business, patrons coming and going. Several police officers summoned to the scene. <laughs> Where was I with my live stream? Moved Jones from the area. Police said she violently resisted their efforts, assaulted two of the officers, attempted to get Jones into a pair of handcuffs. Ultimately, she had to be carried into a police cruiser. At some point, the notion the destination would be a hospital evaporated. Police instead decided to take her into custody. She continued to resist after police delivered her the door entryway to the booking area, deliberately dropping her pants to her ankles and making walking difficulties, so the police ended up removing the garment. Police reports say she was so combative inside the police station that for a time she was initially held in a padded cell. Handcuffs were not removed. Uh, 
Meanwhile, personnel from the Animal Control Division collected the pet rat for safekeeping. This is life. By the way, great story. Great story, Russ, and the Woonsocket call. How about that? Folks, um, this, is like, this is what it's like for police trying to deal with the public in 2023. Someone seemingly <clears throat> a little off. He, she, pronouns, rat as a service animal. This is what it's like for police. You're dealing, you're listing, you're dealing, you're listing, you're dealing with the John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think at Med Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, Go to Atmed Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing. Atmed Urgent Care, when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right, in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DeVito Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, thebeatshirt.com. Time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, he's the managing editor, anchorrising.com, and it's Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off, get some of your thoughts on Congressman Cicilline now, final few days in office, uh, definitely having some articles written about him, which I understand, the exit interviews, did one um, big sit-down with, Tim White, I just one of the highlights to me is he mentioned the newspapers. Um, you know, one of the things he's not going to miss is fundraising. That That is his new job <laughs> with the Rhode Island Foundation. But uh, anxious to hear some of your thoughts and perspective. Let's start off with the exiting Congressman David Cicilline. Well, I mean, on the exiting part, it, from my perspective, it's it's good riddance. Although I don't <laughs> I don't trust Rhode Island to do much better uh, in its elections. But the I mean, he's he's been one of the well, I only know of him because he's from Rhode Island, but he's he's certainly participated in uh, the deterioration of bipartisanship, oh, yeah. the hostility of politics. He's been a, a, a central player in the United States in that in the past decade or however long, long he's been in office. And uh, for that, um, he, he deserves our... <laughs> our distaste for what for that his participating in those efforts from from early on when when he was doing debates and saying i've seen these republicans up close as if they're yep. some evil creatures to just broadly the whole his 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 approach to everything and, and his attack of his pit bull attitude when it came to donald trump he's been part of what's driving a country apart uh, so it's, it's good to have him gone uh, and maybe we'll get somebody who isn't so bad so bad that way now rhode island foundation i think it's unfortunate that They've now decided to go in the direction of of bringing somebody like that in as their director. Uh, they've been moving from being just a a nonprofit that tries to do good work to being almost like a a corporatist hub for for government by another means. And I so I, I've wondered if that that line, which was kind of fun funny, you know, I'm going to a nonprofit charity and I don't like fundraising. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it makes you wonder if that's really not what he sees the job as. He sees it as he's going to be getting a bunch of money from special interests and the government to to you know operate government outside of government, which is the direction Rhode Island Foundation has been has been moving over the past 10 years. So uh, it's it's not a good development all around, in my estimation, except that we get him out of Congress anyway. What do you uh, what do you think of the press treatment and how they do you think enough questions are being do you think some of these issues are being raised? What about how is he seen and being treated by the local press, Justin? Well, from what I've seen, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he, he, he 
he gets the deference that that you know, democrat insiders get and he's just it's just this is he's our congressman he's our guy he's yeah. on our side that's basically he was, the attitude he was one of the impeachment managers yeah yeah how how great yeah. of him yeah they they because they're all they're all subject to the same biases and blindnesses <laughs> as he is so they they don't see it they they just don't see it and so of course it's not a concern to them that he's now going to be in charge of uh, what's supposed to be kind of just a, a a non-profit charity for all rhode island right uh they they won't see that problem because, and it's, it's been terrifying to see in the past 10 years how far we've fallen in this regard, but the, they really do think that their ideological and political preferences are just kind of like baseline reality. And so they don't, that's, they're just going to give him that kind of, oh, he's, he's, our, he's one of our local celebrities, which as we've discussed in the past with say Arlene Violet and running for Congress and that kind of thing, that's, a, that's been a particular weak spot of Rhode Island, at least for the decades I've been here, is this yeah. idea of, of just once, you, once you're a celebrity here, you're just part of the character and, and the, right. the insiders just love you. I, um, I also just take note of how in the Providence Journal story on it, I, I thought the interview with I, I only I didn't see all of it. I I didn't I wasn't interested to hear his thoughts about the Rhode Island Foundation, yeah. which is probably why he agreed to even do the interview in the first place, is just to do that. But uh, the Providence Journal, David Cicilline, Homeward Bound, talks about Congress polarized politics uh, in local impact. And he talks about polarizing. Justin, as you had said, his job, I, I don't know, at least for the last eight years, 10 years, has been he. He doesn't work for the state. He is the attack dog for the Democrat Party. That that's his role. There's as you there's been no one more polarizing. If you look at our congressional delegation of Senator Whitehouse, granted, you know, going after the Supreme Court, but Langevin kept a low profile. Senator Reed seems to rise above with the Armed Services Committee, but Cicilline, he he's he, one of the reasons why politics is so polarizing is is because of people like him he he as you said refuses and i've seen these up close and they're they're scary individuals so um yeah one of the reasons there is a divide is because of individuals like that what do you make of to me he kind of danced around tim white asked him about if senator reed you know that that seat opened up um i'd like to just hear your thoughts on it. Cicely, he said, I'm focused on this and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I just think he's tired of being on the back bench because Kevin McCarthy's a speaker. It's a chance to make tremendous amount of money. There's no other job in Rhode Island that pays what that does pay. He's going to, you know, could be making like $900,000. Um, and with all the perks and travel and time off that he wants and so forth. Um, but what, what do you think about how he handled that question and potentially I don't think we've seen the last of him with politics. I don't think so, but I think he'll it'll be he'll make self interested decisions as he goes. I mean, he may yeah. want to be the first gay president or something. I don't know. I don't know what his plans are. That, I don't know about as, that. As, as people get as people get uh, as people get older and they make that money, he may make that decision that he wants that. But I mean, they, the Rhode Island Foundation. I think it depends which way it goes. It could be if if trends continue that that's one of the more politically powerful jobs in the state so yeah. he may enjoy he may find he enjoys being that kind of a kingmaker at this at the yes. table with george knee as one of the top three powers well, in rhode island you know so he may like that and but he might want to have some legacy and see a path to the presidency if he wants it or or something else and go for the senate so i think it'll i i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't turn back to washington but i i also wouldn't be surprised if he does i mean that's kind of just been his his uh his mo is just he's you know making decisions as he goes forward and he's i mean he's been doing the climb but once you get to congress yeah i mean there's a long line in congress it's not like rhode island where you can you can get right to the head of the 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 pack and and be a be somebody in 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 congress and it's the senate i mean it's there there's 50 states there's a lot of uh a lot of history a lot of uh maneuvering that has to be done across the country that i don't know if he's done in the party uh so i i could see him not for not going back to Congress, but we'll see. I um, I, I envision this is he is setting the stage for he would like one of those Senate seats. Uh, very prestigious. You only have to run every six years. He would be a formidable challenger. He does know how to raise money. I think the Rhode Island Foundation will allow him to be able to actually set himself up to raise even more money, more strong network. Um, he is about to become 
one of the most powerful people in the state. Not that he's not already, but simply because he's going to have the ability to give out money. And, you know, the golden rule, whoever has the gold rules, he will become the ultimate kingmaker because he'll have access to people with tremendous means and and have large amounts of money. I believe because people living longer, a lot of the people in Congress look at the situation with Dianne Feinstein. Senator Reid, there's no hint that he's going to step aside. But I believe Mussolini will bide, well, now become private citizen, but bide his time. And should Senator Reid decide, because he's the older of the two between him and White House, I fully envision you would see him make a, a Senate run. I he, he hasn't done anything that would lead me to believe it to be anything of a national stage. I mean, there are certain paths, and we'll talk about Raimondo, but I, I haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe he has any interest in, in the national politics it certainly is you know you can see a lot of times they start fundraising um gina raimondo used to go to new hampshire for hillary clinton there's there's definitely a pattern for those that want to seek a a national spotlight as far as running for office he he hasn't done that as as of uh, as of yet folks quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorizing.com right here on the john DePietro show Yankee Tree Service, call them today, 401-439-6028. The tree trimming experts from Lincoln, you can always find them online, yankeetreeservice.com. Tree removal since 2006, 24-7 emergency service available. It's Yankee Tree. Folks, I've dealt with them for years. Tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning. Also, emergency service and bucket truck service you can depend on on Yankee Tree Service. Call them today. Get a free quote, 401-439-6028. And remember, with Yankee Tree Service, they have the licensed arbitrist. They'll come out and they'll explain which tree maybe you want to get removed, maybe what tree you don't want to get removed. Tree pruning, also one of the best things you can do for your property and for your trees. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today, the tree trimming experts based out of Lincoln. Call them at 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Well, Justin, uh, former governor, now Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, was back in her home state. She spoke at the Brown uh, graduation ceremonies. And... Um, what do you make of, I want to hear your perspective on, she was encouraging, and it's the first time I've, well, maybe in the past, some people have made a half-hearted attempt, but what do you make of her um, speaking to a lot of the the graduates and encouraging them to stick around Rhode Island for a while? Well, I mean, in one her role as former governor, now commerce secretary, um, you those are the sorts of things you're supposed to say, you know, get involved in public service. And also she spent a long time as a booster of Rhode Island as the governor. And so, um, you know, it's natural to say stay in Rhode Island and help. But in, in some regards, it what stri- strikes me is, is she's, she's kind of imparting some, some of her experiential wisdom to them. It's like Rhode Island's like a playground for those kinds of people, <laughs> the kids getting right. out of Brown university. Hey, you could, I mean, Aaron Regenberg out of, out of, Brown was almost the governor. I mean, yeah. that's Tara Mack is like a nationally known celebrity, yeah. you know, out of Brown from from being in, in Rhode Island politics. So it's for that set of people in Rhode Island that our state is constructed to give those people a platform. And so, in some regards, she's just giving them, you know, reasonable advice. But I, I, I think most of it was just, from what I understood, she was, uh, it, it was not prepared remarks. I don't know, but it's it's kind of the. Justin and Justin Katz. Are you there? And Can you hear yes, me? Yes, go right ahead, Justin. Okay, sorry about that. In, in some right regards, right. it's just it's just what you would expect from from a governor going up there and and you know 
having to come up with some commentary for a graduating class. What was kind of disappointing, though, was the, the adulation of her for the COVID and, and you had uh, that Dr. Rainey with the knock it off yeah. shirt. And I think it, it really, to me, those two kind of come together because she's encouraging this class of young Ivy Leaguers to um, to stick around and, and take advantage of the way Rhode Island is constructed for their benefit. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of people see something like knock it off as the way the government, government kind of forces things on people and doesn't create opportunities for the people who didn't go to Brown. And so I think, you know, it's, it's kind of her home crowd is the Ivy leaguers. And she, she gave that a speech about how they can, they can take advantage of what Rhode Island offers for people like them. Yeah. I think it, in some ways though, it, it means a little bit more than just a traditional politician because she is the sitting Congress secretary and her name is tossed around. Uh, it's not just, you know, governor McKee getting up there with the URI hat saying, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I think it I think it's different. I think it carries a little more weight. And I think her and Rainey showing kind of you can be a national figure. You know, you go to New York, Chicago, L.A., everyone's going there. But you could kind of be a big fish in a small pond here. Now, last week, Justin Katz, uh, Providence Mayor Brett Smiley did one of those press briefings. And it's a photo op, but it's uh, part of the ongoing war in the ATVs. Now, I will tell you, as someone that's out there, it's definitely an impact. The new strategy that he has implored with his police department, it, it's having impact so far that we have a long way to go. But they are not just like all over the place the way they were in the past. What do you make of, though, the uh, the photo op they had where they crushed the ATVs? Yeah, I th- I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on these. I mean, my, my gut reaction, given my, my general attitude toward government, is that I don't like to see them come bringing in the, this, that kind of symbolism. Like we're going to crush sure. your, your property with our big machinery uh, that it just, it feels, eh, it feels kind of wrong. On the other hand, I mean, they've, they've said something, they've got something like 24 arrests. And I think that symbolism does have, uh, have an effect. I mean, you get these kind of young punks with their off-road vehicles and Hey, let's go tool around Rhode Island. No, man, they'll, they won't just arrest you. They will smash your bike, you know, so I could see it having an effect. And it, it, so I, I think it, it might be effective and he does one or two of these kind of things and the word gets out and they just stop doing it. They find other places to do to ride their their vehicles and make it somebody else's problem. But what I think would be interesting is if I mean, this problem dog Alorza for years. Yes. And if, if Brett Smiley can come in and resolve it, like with a snap of the fingers, I, I think that, that yes. tells you that tells you a whole lot about it. It's just a, a willingness to say, no, this isn't acceptable. And we're going to we're going to do stuff about it. And I, I think and it's, you know, not good not, point. And it's and I, you know, I, I kind of don't want to like Brett Smiley. But on the other hand, it was a good a good kind of midway approach. It's not like he's vilifying the people it's not like he's making them you know talking about them like you know like they like say they talk about people who hand out uh white nationalist flyers or anything they just they didn't they're not vilified he just says here you broke the law we arrested some of them we're going to smash these for you see this is a symbol of what we're doing here and uh, i mean it, i think it's probably a, a pretty good approach and we'll see if it comes to a head because a lot i think a lot of what what kind of haunted Alorza was that initial accident where someone, some of the, these off-roaders are running away from the police and one of them got hurt. I think that, and, and that brought in the whole you know, identity politics thing that hasn't happened yet to, to Smiley. We'll see if it does and how he handles it, if it does, but I think he's, he's probably on the right track and hopefully I, I'd love to see if, if he can make enough improvements that they can start getting rid of those ridiculous speed bumps everywhere. That's that's another good point. He's definitely going after quality of life. Again, folks, our segment is politics this week. Well, this is Justin Katz, managing editor at Inkorising.com. Justin, what I like about the ATV kind of war or situation, the way that Mayor Smiley and the Providence Police are handling it, is under Mayor Alorza, it was almost seen as like an unsolvable problem. You know, it's like a herding cats. Um, I, what I like about this is it's it's he's had immediately. But what I like is it, it starts to get kind of a feel of like, OK, what's next? Um, I think many times in government, it's it's seen as a problem is almost like an act of God. that can't be. Oh, there's nothing you can do about it. And people lose sight of the fact that, well, maybe if you had a different manager and a different person in charge and a different approach, it is a solvable problem. You know, obviously, the way Mayor Lorza was trying to go after it which was tolerance of it and really not going after it, then nothing was going to be done. But 
I think that it's it's interesting that he is having great impact. Now, speaking of flyers and uh, white nationalists, Barrington police investigating white nationalist flyers left around the town. Anyone with any information, contact the department. And they also mentioned if you have security camera information about it. Um, you know, Justin, I, I also wanted to kind of tie that in with the Rhode Island State Police, you know, 10 DUI arrests, more patrols out. I, I just I noticed there's a huge difference. Governor McKee and and even Biden to uh, let's just stay local here. But, you know, they were always telling us that the biggest problem is white supremacy and threat to democracy. And look at what they white nationalist flyers. It, to me, it's, it's stupid. It's a nuisance. But they, the real problem, the real problem is the fact that, you know, Governor McKee will have all these photo ops regarding guns and we got to take the guns away. But he does nothing about drunk driving. They go overboard every time some of these idiots leave some of these flyers around. But the real death and destruction on the roads with the public's being harmed, I, I just don't see him approach it in, in a tactical manner. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot there, and I, I think there is a lot there. I apologize. Go right ahead. No, sorry, no, and it's it's all right to I, I think bring in Biden on this because he, as as such a bumbling old man, he makes it absolutely clear that the white nationalist thing is a, a decided Democrat talking point up and down the ballot, up and across the country. This is something they're focusing on, something they're vilifying, and so McKee and and our local police, which is disheartening are just playing along and i think it's one of the things i find more chilling is that they, they did they are saying if, if you've got security cameras on your house and you've got pictures of these i mean i haven't seen maybe i missed it but i haven't seen description of what we're talking about but in the past what we've had is somebody just was was leafleting like people do with with you know chinese food menus or or local politics you know just it could be that simple just some some flyers put in mailboxes or thrown in a bag on a lawn or something like that and the idea that we're treating this like this crime that we need to start investigating and getting video footage and like not i where are the people asking about first amendment rights i mean that's that's really uh, a concern to me that we're seeing that and i mean I, it makes me think recently i think it was at the prout school there was a an assembly or not a, like an event after, out, out of school hours for adults where the FBI came and talked about how you can inform on your neighbors for hate speech and white nationalism and that kind of thing. And that we're heading toward a very, very dark place with this. And I, the idea that nobody's even really talking about it just is, is kind of kind of terrifying to me that, that there's no advocate saying, OK, come on, there are some flyers. We're not talking about uh, talking about vandalism where people are getting hurt and things are being broken we're not we're not talking about as you say duis where people could be killed we're talking about maybe unsavory language that we don't agree with and i think people really need to wake up to the fact that step number two once they've made it okay to do that to quote white nationalism is to define everything they don't like as white nationalism and suddenly not you can't say anything because they don't like it and they'll be asking your neighbors to inform on you which is how you get to the soviet union yes folks quick break much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorrising.com. Justin, the Boston Globe this uh, individual from in, involved with the soccer stadium finally 
finally sat down, this Brett Johnson, uh, sat down and agreed to an interview with the Boston Globe and in going through some of the different problems that they've had. Uh, I'm still trying to dissect it. I, I think a lot of this, you have to remember, this guy is is trying to do fill in and he's giving spin a little bit and wants to almost to seemingly give everyone the idea that, you know, he's trying to make it right. He's on the right path. This Brett Johnson. So uh, founder of fortuitous partners, but I I'd like to just hear your take on this big sit down he did with the Boston globe. Well, the, the two things that jumped out at me, uh, the first partly because this is kind of what I I've been doing just as a freelancer, but is working with, with startup companies and it, this is, it's, it's all very normal. You know, it's a big struggle to get a project like this off the ground. Uh, and so there's nothing unusual about that. The problem is, and I've been saying this since, uh, since we, Tidewater became a thing, government getting involved is not the way to go um, for, for two reasons. The first is because now you've got politicians bought into it. So they're, they've got to be able to, to turn a profit themselves, a political profit. They've got to help make it work, but also because it creates this huge threshold. I mean, a guy's, the, the headline is that he's, his funding gap has gone from 2 million to 10 million, but that's not necessarily true because as soon as he hits 50, he gets another something, almost 50 from the, from the state government. So they create this threshold where you don't have to raise the money you actually need for your project, which, which is not a healthy a way to go about it. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons government just should not get involved in this sort of kind of speculating. The other thing that struck me in that article was uh, the, the journalist found another, another voice, you know, the other side of the perspective in, in the guy, I think his name is Stephen Griffin, just appears to be just a guy who's, who's vocal about it on Twitter. And what strikes me is it's really not a good sign for the state of Rhode Island that we're relying on the goodwill of people who want to, who have some spare time to dig into issues and write about them on Twitter to, to kind of go into how these projects might not, might not come to fruition and, and raise the suspicions. Uh, and I think that's, that's a very unhealthy sign. So I think uh, Rhode Islanders should be wary of this, this whole thing from top to bottom. And it seems like it's probably only a matter of time until McKee either finds a way to cut ties or double down and get the guy his cash. You know, what's also interesting about it, Justin, is the fact that this, you know, Brett Johnson, he was willing to do a sit down with the globe on it. But Governor McKee is not. He is not the one. And I still come back to that. There was pressure from the McKee people to, you know, him to step up to say that he had the financing. Now, the guy's not going to throw the governor under the bus. But the fact that they land themselves and they're trying to say, like, this is just the way it goes. I just come back to, Justin, that last July. That commerce meeting, as McKee got the endorsement from George D and the AFL-CIO and the unions, and he's sitting there, and, and then he had some members not vote on the project. Then he was the tie-breaking vote on the project. I, I, I come back to, I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions and a lot out there of what Governor McKee was. And, and this guy, you know, Brett Johnson again. Um, he's smart enough to maybe just kind of go along for the ride, maybe even be the fall guy a little bit. But I, I tend to what I what's what was missing from this story to me was any quotes from the governor, which he's still in, you know, in a battle with the local media, with certainly the Boston Globe, who he despises, and uh, and, and would even give them comments for this particular story so that's now speak of, go ahead uh, Justin, i was just saying that was a, that's a good point <laughs> yeah um the um uh, the boston globe also and i and i didn't mind seeing it but they they did a story on channel six and the goings-on has been going on at channel six they've been for sale for a long time channel six has always been the number three they've tried the past few years i mean they've they've really fallen off but then they just started a huge exodus and not to get into too much in the weeds here but they were even doing reporters on it was per diem which just means for people that maybe are unfamiliar but they they're not hiring someone full-time they literally just hire someone to come in for one or two days to just literally have a body to go cover a story they pay them a per diem rate and so they're you know they're you're going to get what you're going to get which is going to be mediocre at best um it's literally just someone trying to you know, cookie cutter, a paste together a story. But what did you make of the Globe story about Channel 6? 
Well, I mean, it sounds like things are, are have been falling apart there, and there's a lot of infighting. Um, I think, but it, it comes to the the broader uh, questions about media. I mean, there, there are only so many ways to go. It's not that big of a market. Right. Um, the 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 internet has has gutted the the revenue stream for a lot of these. So you're not going to oh, get yeah. you're not going to get where three television stations can all have newscasts that that cover the same stories. And so you've got you know WJAR has always been kind of a longstanding traditional yep. old folks watching it. You've got WPRI uh, has been you know focusing on a kind of younger crowd with the in, using the internet and, and with investigative reporting. There, there's only so much you can do. And I think I think part of the problem under underappreciated is the degree to which you, you're not allowed to, to to differ from kind of the insider perspective, or you'll you'll get cut off. I mean, McKee does it in a ham-handed way, saying I'm not going to talk to the Boston Globe or WPRI or whatever he decides he doesn't like that month. Um, but I think there's a broader sense of that in Rhode Island, where it's okay for politicians to just say, Yeah, I'm not going to give them any any coverage because they didn't they didn't uh, let me get away with saying whatever I wanted. You know, that kind of attitude is, has been permeating, especially ideologically. So there's not really much place to go if you're number three. I mean, you can't, you can't become the old school WJIR. It seems they don't have the resources to, to match WPRI. Uh, and so, and, and you're not allowed to say, okay, we'll be sort of like, for lack of a better uh, analogy, we'll become sort of like the Fox News of Rhode Island. You can, you're not allowed to do that because then everybody will go after you and uh, actively attempt to put you down. So there's, there's not a lot of places to go and it's been 20 years now uh, news organizations have been trying to find the model that'll make it work and I'm, I'm not sure it exists yeah you know what else is and, and again you don't see a lot of discussion discussion now on local news but and i may have sent you the wrong tweet but i was on scene last wednesday and i like him i've known him for a long time i knew his dad but tim white i'm still looking at it he tweeted out, state police tell me the suspect shot on the Cranston-Johnson line at Plainfield Pike was transported to the hospital. So as someone that I was on scene and people were telling me that that's the gunman right there over there. There was a tarp over him on the ground. And in real time, Justin, it was tough because I'm saying, OK, on the left, I have Tim White and the state police saying the guy was transported to the hospital. My eyes tell me they opened 100 rounds on the guy and people are saying, no, he's he's dead on the ground like they're investigating that. And then even at the at the the press briefing, uh, the reporter from Channel 10 even asked, he, uh, asked someone uh, was someone medevac to the hospital in the past. I'm just saying in the and I'm not saying, listen, it's happening in real time. Mistakes can be made. But normally in the past a news outlet would have said we want we want to correct you know this error we put out that the suspect so i don't know if the mistake was channel 12 i don't know if the mistake was state police i i speculated that the the young teen girl that was shot her father was killed by the neighbor she was shot by the neighbor she was transported to the hospital but somehow the state police in channel 12 that that was out there for a while and i'll be honest that that kind of threw off my live on the sea coverage because i'm i'm torn between people saying i'm telling you right now i can see the body the guys on the ground over there and then i'm looking at my phone and i see tim white in the state police saying he was transported and he's alive in the hospital any thought on that <laughs> Well, you agree you know, actually, with me. At the very yeah. least, they should have issued a hey, you know, correction. We, they they should a have, mistake, right? And I'm I'm hesitant because I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the conversation was in the background. But one thing I have noticed in the past six years is one of the one of the ways WPRI has been moving forward is is they've been become very comfortable with with state government with i mean they get the first Raimondo interview after covid you know that kind sure. of stuff so uh there there is the chance there that they're just kind of like the the insider news outlet now and they get whatever they're told that's what they're going to report i don't i don't suspect that of tim white particularly but no, um, no. that is it that is a danger when when you get this small market with not a lot of competition and uh and journalists start to get in with uh the insiders you there's a risk there that you take um, you, you take the information you're given and you report it because that's what the cops said or the politicians said. And, and that's just how it goes. But yeah, if they're, if they're not correcting that, uh, 
that is definitely a, a major issue that they, they ought to be saying we earlier reports were wrong and there's there's nothing wrong with doing that. You you increase your credibility in the long run. Yeah, I would think so. And again, I'm not saying blood and it's happening in real time. And but but you know, because then I'm I'm repeating, okay, here's what I am seeing. These are two sources that I have dealt with in the past and trust, and one is Tim White and the other is State police. Justin, I'm also just curious your thought, and I think I sent that to you as well, is, I, I don't know, I still come back to, after the Johnston incident, uh, Sabina Matos, the lieutenant governor, we're still learning about the violence in Johnston, grateful our first responders took action to defend our communities from further harm. Notice she uses first responders took action to defend the community. She won't say police. She purposely won't use the word police there. And let's face it, it was a gunman it was it was the police that were uh, there on the front line. But notice she won't use that word and she just uses first responders. John, can you hear me? Yes. Go right ahead, Justin. Yeah. So, right. yeah, it's, it's strange. I mean, Matos goes forward with um, it just seems like the, the basic political thing, right? Defund the police. And now she's celebrating the police and um it, it feels like, you know, when, when they're out of power, the authorities are always a problem and need to be torn down. And then when they're in power, that's just, we, we support them and they're, they're one of our constituencies. And of course, obviously, uh, first responders are very powerful. Folks, again, he is um, the managing editor, anchorrising.com. It is Justin Katz. Our segment uh, is politics this week. Justin, excellent job as always. And we will talk to you again. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Pest services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. And at DePietro.com, you can see we're starting to get more details on the situation that happened in Johnston. Now, I have not, in, uh, in all fairness, I haven't dealt a lot with the Johnston police, somewhat, they definitely um it's it's an interesting community because they did have a homicide and it involved a teen and there was some controversy that people felt they weren't getting the answers that they wanted so there was that but there's a lot of questions about and 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 it's going to take a very long time for some uh questions to be answered about what happened last week and Again, I have it on the website, dipetro.com, but you can read about this James Harrison where, you know, obviously an odd figure. He's living with his mother. I think he's 52 years old. His mother's in his 80s, and he um, was kind of stalking his next-door neighbor, 15-year-old girl. So the father, her father, calls the police. They hear a noise at the house. Can you imagine? At almost midnight, it's late. And uh, he believes he sees his next-door neighbor with a ladder up on the house trying to peer into the window to look at the young girl. I mean, it's frightening. So what do they do? What do you do? You call the police. You call 911. The police come out, Johnston Police. Now, this is last Tuesday night in uh, into early morning hours of Wednesday. Can you imagine how upsetting it was to that family? They're up late. They have their neighbor. The guy apparently then took off. If you see the way the houses are situated, um, the driveway of the neighbor is on the other side. It's the first house when you're coming in and their house is next to it. So you can't, 
<clears throat> you can't really um you can't see where actually no farther in is where the neighbor is you can't see exactly it's not like you're looking into their driveway you're actually not the house blocks if there's a vehicle in their driveway so so anyhow they um he took off and then the police couldn't he wasn't home and then they i think they had a cell phone they were trying to reach this james harrison and he wouldn't answer whatever so i think it's going to be really interesting to find out and important to find out what how is it left how was it left with police that night so okay they call the police they come out to the house he's not there he left now what happens well we know what happened but the question is that i have is what was the plan of the johnston police now we don't know that they we do know they were showing back up on the street right around 7 30 7 30 the next morning and that's when the father and his daughter traditionally i believe would leave the house and uh, get her off to school there's some other family members as well i'm not sure when they would leave i think they must have left earlier because after this incident there's no evidence that there was anyone still in the home so i believe there's a, another parent and then another child but they would have there's no evidence that they were home when this happened so but i think some questions are how was it left to him did he say okay you know call us if you see him call us if you see him uh what time i don't know how would what time do you leave in the morning uh we you know we normally leave at 7 30 okay then you know call us before you leave call us if you see him uh they're going to issue a no trespass i would think normally that would be two officers would come out to issue a no trespass i think that would be standard i've been in a situation where you see two officers arrive to issue a no trespass uh, for some reason johnson just sent one out i don't know why they didn't send someone out at how about 6 30 in the morning how about six o'clock okay there's his vehicle now we do know that this james harrison came home was confronted by the mother over the fact the police were there and then he apparently allegedly shot and killed his own mother in the early morning hours of wednesday so wednesday morning the father and his teen daughter go to leave the house and when they go to leave the house there's their next door neighbor waiting for them and he's in the driveway and when their garage door goes up he apparently shoots and kills the father and then wounds the young girl the teen he then flees as he's leaving the street a johnston police officer is arriving now i just wonder was there any communication and these are things we don't know and i i think it's going to be some time before we do know i don't think they're going to be very forthcoming i think the johnston police are going to say you know they're still investigating but i just wonder um now a police officer and again folks this is all mapped out if you go to depetro.com we have that on the website and then we have it is uh it's very frightening what police found inside that home that guy james harrison the neighbor was a real nutcase and um and what police found once they did get access to the home and he had a secret room but i want to come back to the events of last wednesday so i i don't know the answer to this i don't know why what if johnston police had come at and i know it seems maybe this seems unfair maybe it seems monday morning quarterbacking um in hindsight but that guy was in that house and he had shot and killed his mother so what if johnston police had rang the bell at 6 30 or even seven o'clock or even 7 15 if they had said to the father and the daughter all right we're going to come by make sure you get off okay and and we'll deal with this individual so i think it would have been a different scenario now let's play devil's advocate it it easily could have been that this individual it, it's very possible that he may have opened fire or had a confrontation with johnston police however they're armed they're prepared they have training for that type of thing 
I think some of the questions that come into play that are fear questions is why was an officer alone and why didn't they go earlier? You're talking a difference of like two minutes, two minutes. If that officer had arrived at 720 or say, you know, the father, all right, we're going to come by, make sure you get off okay, and then we'll deal with your neighbor once then you're gone. Explain, can't go over there, no trespass and so forth. It didn't happen. I'm not trying to you know, dig into the wound here, but that literally was the difference of life and death. And, and it is possible. It is possible that an officer um, could have had a confrontation with him. But then you would have had a situation where it would have been a police officer who's trained, who's armed, and easily could have radioed for some kind of help that there were, you know, an officer under attack. These are all things that we're going to have to wait to see how that's going to come out. You're listening. It's again, it's all on the website, dipetro.com. You're listening to the John DePetro Show. Make sure to find the John DePetro Show Facebook page, and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all real time live stream. Just follow John DePetro Show right there on the Facebook page. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dePietro.com. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Check out tepetro.com. We have merchandise, all the shows, video exclusive stories waiting for you right there at tepetro.com.